0: Hi, this is Amber, and you're listening to Amber on Podcast. Hi, hello, and welcome to episode number 36 of Amber on Podcast. I am thrilled and excited. I am stoked to share this episode with you, dear listeners. My main goal with this podcast is to share the wisdom and guidance that helps me lead a better life. And when I set out to do this, to create this content for you, I had a few key themes in mind. Mostly, these key themes are the most important lessons that have changed my life. New perspectives, new methods, new outlooks, new information that made her. Real, and I mean real, difference in my life. Today's topic is easily in the top three most important. It might even be in the top two most important. Key lessons that have changed my life. It is a big one, a life-changing practice that actually delivers on all of the hype for one main Reason. The reason it delivers is because it's up to you. The key ingredient here is your mind, mastering your mind, also known as meditation. Now please don't stop the podcast. I want to state right here up front, front and center, I want to stay, I want to say to you that I hate the word meditation. Not only does it not feel good in your mouth, it also comes with a bland patchouli-smelling aura that has always left me turned off and skeptical. My former self thought, meditation, shmeditation. I saw no reason why you would need to sit in a room and focus on your breath when your lungs were already considering that for you. I didn't get it. And I also didn't understand hippies, yogis, health gurus, and the like. I was clueless. So when it came to people talking about meditation, I closed my ears and I turned up my nose to it. The reality is I was looking for a way to level up, always have and always will. I was looking for a way to level up, but I only considered leveling up as being faster, better, smarter, quicker than everyone else. I needed caffeine and Adderall, not sage and yoga. You know what I mean? I say all of this to you because if you are like me, if you are like former me, and you think that meditation is for schmucks or hippies, just give me a chance to prove you wrong. So let's start the show. Tim Ferriss has given me so much wisdom. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. When it comes to great podcasts, great authors, great thinkers, great products, Tim Ferriss is a trusted and worthy connoisseur. And this episode of The Tim Ferriss Show is no different In this episode, Tim hands over the reins to someone you might have heard of, Mr. Sam Harris. Sam Harris, host of the Waking Up podcast. Shout out to my dope cousin, Charles, by the way, who got me hip to Sam Harris's podcast. Uh, Thank you, Charles. I love you. Uh, Now, Sam Harris is a super boss dude. He is not only a podcast host, but also an author, philosopher, neuroscientist, and my personal Wikipedia, my favorite Wikipedia credit is uh, Sam Harris is a public intellectual. He has millions of fans. His books are great. And he talks a lot about religion and meditation. Now, I said at the top of the show that I wanted to share this topic with you from day one. Meditation is high on my list of life changing lessons. But I knew in my mind that I was in no shape to talk about meditation, let alone teach people about meditation. Honestly, I was scared and fearful that I wouldn't have the tools to really convince anyone to try meditation or at least consider its benefits. But, like my friend Steve Cohen says, you have to make what's important, interesting. And meditation is important. So I found a way to make it interesting. I hope you think it's interesting anyway. And I decided to feel the fear and do it anyway. As you might imagine, I was thrilled when I heard this episode of The Tim Ferriss Show because I finally felt like I had the right tools to talk about meditation in a meaningful way. So here goes. Well, before we get started, let's clarify the basics. Like, what is meditation? What does it mean exactly? Meditation is just thought, deep and focused thought. You might have heard someone say that they need to meditate on it before making a big decision. It's just our mind doing what our mind does best, thinking, but in a focused and practiced way. In this episode, Sam says so many great and wonderful things. The man speaks in poetry. His voice is soothing and has the perfect cadence. He says that our minds are all that we have, they're all we've ever had, and they're all that we can offer to others. Every experience you have ever had has been shaped by your mind. Every relationship is as good or as bad as it is because of the minds involved. If you are perpetually angry, depressed, confused, and unloving, or your attention is elsewhere, it won't matter how successful you become or who is in your life, you won't enjoy any of it. Most of us spend our time seeking happiness and security without acknowledging the true underlying purpose of our search. Each one of us is looking for a path back to the present. We are trying to find good enough reasons to be satisfied now. You Acknowledge that this is the structure of the game of life that we are playing. This allows you to play differently. How we pay attention to the present moment determines the character of our experience and therefore determines the quality of our lives. In other words, what you think about right now matters. How you are experiencing your present moment right now is setting the entire tone of your life. This could be your last day on earth. How do you want it to be? That is how I cured myself of road rage and replaced it with gratitude. Happened over time. I did this by learning about meditation. Not even by meditating. Just learning about these ideas opened my mind. I'll explain more about that later. Another important point that our man Sam brings up is that the men and women who lived 2,000 years ago, they didn't have it all figured out either. And on many crucial points, they were ignorant of the things that every child learns today. For example, that brains are somehow involved in producing our minds. No one knew this 2,000 years ago. To deny this today would be incredibly irresponsible. 2,000 years from now, we might just find the same thing to be true. We probably will. And we wouldn't attempt to meditate or to engage in any other contemplative practice, like religion, if we didn't think something about our experience needed to be improved. Everyone is looking to level up, to feel better, to do better. I was always looking to do this to level up just in different ways other than meditation. I mean, I leveled up with Adderall, caffeine, no sleep, lots of brown nosing. That was the old me. Like I said, I am no guru, guys. I am under construction myself. And I did not find this... Truth. I did not find this... I did not find this state, this new state of being by lightning bolt or some like overnight dream revelation. No, this is... That's not how I learned about meditation. I was forced into this and I do not practice daily. For me, for now, when it comes to meditation, I use it when I need it. And the first time I knew that I needed it was when I was forced to be alone, alone with my thoughts, with no money, nowhere to go, no one no one to call and no one calling me. It's feeling worthless and questioning everything. That led me to understanding meditation. I felt like I was in a prison and I had no choice. I don't wish this route on anyone, but that's how I got here. I found it when I ran out of options, when I literally had no other choice but to sit with myself and my thoughts for days on end, hours at a time. I wasn't meditating. No, I was thinking and thinking. Thinking, thinking, and I wasn't coming up with the answer. And I was on this circuit going around and around, arriving at the same conclusion each time, the same conclusion that was getting me nowhere. Turns out we all have problems that will not be solved by more thinking. And that is where meditation proves to be most valuable for me, for the big life events The traumas, the difficulty, the issues and decisions that will not be solved by more thinking. The hard stuff, that is where I need meditation. So for me today, I use it when I need it. A lot of people speak so strictly about the rules of meditation. That is what I wanted. That's what I want to reshape for you today is that you can make it what you want. It's a DIY kind of meditative approach, a do-it-yourself kind of meditative approach. Get in where you fit in type of style. There's one very, very important detail that I want to share with you before we go any further. This detail is going to sound so trivial to you, but for me, it changed the game because I never understood why people would say, just focus on your breathing. I would ask out of genuine interest, oh, how do you meditate? Like, what what is it that you actually do while you sit there? And people would answer me very matter-of-factly, oh, you just focus on your breath. Now, I wouldn't do this to their faces, but inside I was having the hugest eye roll. Like, right, okay, you just focus on a normally occurring automatic bodily function it made no sense to me until i learned what sam harris teaches us and that is that there is nothing significant about the breath we pay attention to the breath simply because it's the one thing that you always have with you as you as you try to pay attention to the breath you'll notice that the the primary obstacle to you paying attention to it is thinking thoughts continually Arise and you will forget that you were even trying to meditate at all. And all of this happens over the course of seconds. Your breath isn't some symbolic representation, it's just a method, a tool that is always in your tool belt. A tool that you can use to capture your attention, to train your attention, to slow down and focus on one simple thing, one simple thing that your body is already managing. That is why they say focus on your breath. And that is why I say do it while you drive. Meditate while you drive. That's right. Do it while you drive. I don't care when you choose to focus on your breath. Just do it anytime. I've done it driving and you know I know you're fully capable of doing the same. Eventually, as you continue the practice, you will incorporate everything that arises in your conscious thought. The breath just happens to be convenient. And you can't expect to do well at the beginning. You're going to suck at it at first. So just know that. Let it sink in. You suck at meditation in the beginning and maybe even for a little while. It's hard controlling your mind and your thoughts. It's difficult to master your mind. To make progress, you simply have to, have to be willing to begin again. Meditation is freedom from fear, anger, shame, suffering. It lasts only for a few brief moments, but these moments can be repeated with practice and as often as you like. It changes your perception of the world. With meditation, you actually will find that you do less, not more than you normally do. You aren't adding an artifice or a new dynamic to your experience in the present moment. You're simply becoming less distracted and therefore able to see with deeper clarity. Another important note that was major for me in my learning and practice of meditation, which I do not do every day, is that there is such a thing as guided meditation. There is someone or an audio recording of someone that tells you and guides you through the meditation with a soothing voice and clear concise, easy instruction. These guided meditations tell you when to breathe, when to think, what to think, what to envision, when to be silent, and they last for anywhere from 30 seconds to an hour. And it's much, 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 much easier to do this guided meditation than to try to just sit and be still and focus on breathing all on your own. My experience was changed when I had the direction of Tara Brock, for example, who I also heard about, on the Tim Ferriss podcast. I'll link her track on SoundCloud in the show notes. But Sam Harris is a great at guided meditation as well. He actually does some, some guided meditation in this episode around minute 53. And if you don't care at all about listening to the whole thing but are interested in what Mr. Sam Harris has to say, then skip the bulk of it and just go directly to minute 53 of Tim Ferriss' episode and uh, listen to Sam, Sam's guided meditation, and you can listen to that and get a dose for yourself. So focusing on breath for the sake of convenience and guided meditation. Those are the two key game changers for me personally. I understood meditation much better after I understood breath and guided meditation. Now, I want to change directions a bit and talk about what we do know, what all of us experience and are familiar with very early in our lives. We all meditate already. That's right. We all meditate already because if you are listening to my voice now, then you are old enough and experienced enough to have had a moment that you remember, detail by detail, a moment that is ingrained in your memory. In moments like these, people say that time stood still. That's because they are focused. They are hyper aware. This can happen from trauma as well. You might be somebody who can do it on purpose to intentionally focus on a moment so that you can better recall it in your mind's eye. Maybe it's the birth of your daughter or the day you graduated. We all have the ability to focus and take in these moments, to be truly present in these moments, and that is exactly what meditation is My dear listeners, you have already done it. You are already aware of the power of your mind. That's why you're listening to me now. You know and value the power of your mind, and you want to use it to do more good. Another way that you are already meditating is when it comes to the subject of death. Now, we think about how we think about death changes, whether we think about dying ourselves or about losing someone we love, whichever the case Whichever the case you take, uh, death is ever-present. It's an ever-present reality for us and very much a part of our everyday lives. Whether we are thinking about it or not, it's always announcing itself in the background, on the news, and the stories we hear about the lives of others and our own health concerns when we look both ways before crossing the street. We spend a fair amount of energy each day trying not to die. Philosophers and poets alike have talked about this for thousands of years. Death makes a mockery of almost everything we spend our lives doing. Think of the last hour of your life, the last argument you had with your partner. When you contemplate the brevity of life, it brings some perspective to how we use our attention. And it's not so much what we pay attention to. It's the quality of the attention. As a kid, my knowledge of death as an option shaped the way that I viewed the world. My father died when I was one year old. Then when I was seven-ish, my grandfather died. So that was two like, leading male figures in my life that had vanished, leaving their family and loved ones behind. Later, in my junior year of high school, one of my close friends died, too. I knew, that, I, knew, I knew what death was and what it did to people. I knew it from a very early age. And I knew that everyone I loved would die. This was particularly concerning for my mother. I constantly worried that she would not return home. And if she didn't come home at the time that she'd promised, I'd immediately so- start sobbing to my brothers and screaming that our mother was dead. Yes, I was a bit of a dramatic kid, but also I was a kid who was aware of death, and I feared it. I feared that it would take my mother away from me, too, and that I would be an orphan, something you definitely do not want to be after you see the movie Annie or any other Disney movie. The truth is, no, none of us know how much time we have in this life. And taking that fact to heart can bring a moral and emotional clarity to the present moment and how you are experiencing it. And it can bring a resolve to not suffer over stupid things. Road rage is the best example of misspent energy and I suffered from it greatly and regularly. Then I realized that I am getting so annoyed and upset at people driving and I drive every day in traffic. Every single day on the road, there is traffic in Dallas, Texas. It is to be expected, and yet here I am freaking out every single day. I felt empowered over my mind after I learned about meditation, and I, I thought, okay, if I can control my outlook and be mindful of this beautiful life I have before me, then maybe I can look past this traffic and find some beauty in the experience. And it worked. I started to I started think and said, "Wow, like look at all these beautiful, amazing people out here living their lives today. I'm so glad that they're here because sure beats the alternative. It would be scary as hell if none of them were on the were on the road at all, and I were all alone driving on this big highway all by myself. That's what made me a believer in meditation, my ability to be mindful of the shortness of life while driving. My ability to not let traffic affect my mood. This is your life. It's the only one you've got. You never get this moment back again, and you don't know how many more moments you have. No matter how many times you do something, there will come a day when you do it for the last time. You've had a thousand chances to tell the people closest to you that you love them in a way that you feel it, and they feel it. And you've missed most of them. And you don't know how many more you're going to get. Take it one step further, and this really helps me when I'm driving for Lyft. And I am driving for Lyft trying to earn my five to seven income streams, as you know. And I'm feeling pitiful about myself, wondering why I haven't landed a book deal yet. And I'm not feeling grateful in the moment. Sam Harris has a solution for this. He says that you've got this next interaction with another human being to make the world a marginally better place. You got this one opportunity to fall in love with existence, to fall in love with life. So why not relax and enjoy your life? Really relax, even in the midst of struggle, even while doing hard work, even in uncertainty. And awareness of death is a doorway into that kind of being. I think that experiencing death early in your life can help open this doorway for you to understand the practice of meditation. Of all the periods in human history that we could have appeared, we are here now. Among all the possible people that could exist, we are among the tiny minority that actually do. Meditation isn't about understanding things conceptually. It's about being able to experience things more clearly prior to new concepts or interactions. Meditation can provide you the clarity of mind before you enter into your life's endeavors. The more you practice it, the more you'll find that it really is a new form of intelligence. It leads to another way of being in the world. And it certainly leads to more good for more people most of the time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me this week. I so appreciate you taking the time for you along with me and learning and growing and if you have someone in mind who you think might learn or grow from this episode, please share it with them. And if you really want to let me know what you think, you can leave a review wherever you got this episode. As always, the show notes are at my website, mytalkingdollars.com. You can also tweet me or follow me on Instagram. I'm at Amber Ligon. That's A-M-B-E-R-L-I-G-G-O-N. Oh, all right, that's it. Thank you. Love you. Bye.